All right. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Chris Ronzio, who is the CEO of Trainual, and, and he's on the show right now. Chris, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Matt? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm very excited to share what you're working on with the world as I've been a fan since he first started it. So, you know, let's just get right into it. Tell everyone listening, you know, what is Trainual? So Trainual is literally the words training and manual smashed together. So if you've ever seen a three ring binder, old school collecting dust on the shelf, we're the modern version of that. So you can document all the policies and processes and procedures in your business, assign them to your people, train your new hires and keep everyone up to speed on best practices. All right. So let's say I'm a company and I, you know, I just raised some money and I'm looking to hire people and I want to train them. Walk me through how a, a company uses Trainual. So I'm a boss. I get on Trainual. How do I how do I set it up so I can help train the kind of my new employees? Yeah. So think about it from the new employees perspective. If you're starting at a new job, you've got to learn kind of what is that company all about. There's an orientation process where you're learning what is this business, why does it exist. Who do they serve? Who's their customer? Who else do I work with around here? What do I need to know about the office? When do I show up? How do I get in? What are our holidays? There's all that general knowledge. And then once you've gotten through the general stuff, you move on to my department. You know, what do we do for the company? How do we fit into the mix of this overall business? And then what's my role? What's my position? What do I do day to day? And so Trainual is getting people acclimated to the business and then teaching them what they need to do to be successful at their job. So as a boss or someone that's setting up the tool, you are really delegating the things that you want someone else to do. So you do that in Trainual with text or photos or videos. You can use our screen recording tool to capture things that you do with software on a computer. You can upload or embed other videos. So any way that you want to communicate how to do something, you know, through writing or text or, or, or whatever else, you put it into the system step by step by step. And then when you assign it to someone or assign it to a role in your business, then as people go through it, it's tracking from zero to 100% that they've uh, acknowledged and understood the material. So for us, it's the step above something like a Google Docs. You know, you can always write things down and send them to someone, but you don't know if they read it. You don't know if they understand it. We add more accountability for people that are doing more of this hiring. I feel like it's a a quickly growing startup's dream to use a to use a, a tool like Trainual. I'd love to know how do you how do you get started? It, it seems like such a great company, such a great idea. But what's the origin story? So for me, it goes back to my first business. I had a video production company that did youth sporting events. I actually started it when I was fourteen grew it through high school and college and then around the US. And by the time I sold it, we had over 300 camera operators. And so the way the business worked was we would contract an event somewhere in the US. Uh, we'd have you know 10 going on at the same day. So we'd have to find crews in different cities that could show up to those events. And online training and standard operating procedures was a huge part of growing that business. So as an entrepreneur, I always wanted a playbook. I always wanted, you know, the repeatability and the scalability and people tell you work on your systems and processes. And so for me, that was a ton of Word docs and Google docs and Dropbox folders and 
I started building, you know, on Google sites, these little intranets. And then I used a WordPress site and had these plugins and password protected things. And so I was working on this for years and years. When I sold that business, I started consulting for some friends companies and I saw they had the same problem and it just looked a little different. They, they maybe had fewer employees, they weren't remote, but they still wanted everyone to be really clear about what their job was, what their responsibilities were, and they were doing it with documents. And so I thought there's got to be a better tool to just organize each person's roles and responsibilities know that they're trained on those things and then as they change keep them up to speed on the best practice or the new way to do things so that's where i built the prototype for trainual so it was a small tool at first um you know a couple developers in town worked on it and then i rolled it out to my consulting clients and after a couple years of just using it in-house i thought there's there's something here this this could be a SaaS business and so that's that's when uh when it really took off that, that's so exciting and something I want to focus on is the last statement you said is that's when it took off. Like I'd love to learn about what were some of the activities that you spent time on to get it out into the world? Like you have a product, but then you need to make sure people know about the product and, and you, you have that distribution. How did you think about distribution when you first started opening it up to the public? And how do you think about distribution today as you're a little bigger than you were a couple of years ago? Yeah. So at first, when I decided we were going to launch it as a real business a SaaS tool, I started with a landing page and I told everyone that something is coming. You know, I, I did a little bit of that teaser, um, you know, get on the list sort of thing. And that was successful at first. And so, so we got, you know, a couple hundred leads onto the website just from posting it on LinkedIn and Facebook and sending it out to everyone I knew in, in email. So that was the very, very start was just that, that list. The next thing I started doing was I hired a photographer, uh, which sounds strange, but I, had, I hired a photographer to meet up with me once a week to do photos around town and kind of document the process of what we were building. And so I was trying to build some hype leading up to, to launching this thing um, so that I, people cared, you know, if I had just launched it and hadn't done any pre-marketing, then it would have been like, oh, Chris is up to something. But if they're more invested in, you know, what is it that he's building or I, I can't wait to see this, then I'd get more interest out of the gate. So put a lot of energy into that as we were finalizing the tool. And then when we did the launch, it was January 2018. And we did a party at the Saguaro Hotel here in Phoenix or Scottsdale and invited a bunch of people from the community that were supporters that I knew and tried to make it kind of a PR thing of, you know, we've launched this business. It's a, it's a real, real thing. And so that was good for an initial wave of customers. We had 27 customers the first month um, and, and it built a little momentum. And, you know, that was from both the event and the list I had built up. So it's very modest, but it was something. And then the months following that, it was, you know, I, I emailed every single person I was connected to on LinkedIn, um, you know, definitely spam, definitely violated the can spam act on that one. But, uh, but it was, it was effective in starting some conversations. I posted the product on product hunt and we got a little bit of traffic and, and a few conversations out of that. And then we started an affiliate program. And I figured I don't have any money to put into marketing yet. So let me see if I can leverage other people's networks and just cut them in on, on the sale. So those were the first few things we did. Then as the product 
started to get a little more traction. You know, when we went from 30 customers to 50 customers to our first hundred customers, it was, you know, how, how we can't do this forever. You know, we, we, we've got to do something more scalable. So, so then it was reaching out to the people that were using it and starting to get quotes and case studies and, and figuring out who likes this and how do we get more of those people? So we had a few real estate brokers that were on the tool. And so we thought, okay, well, let's go find a tiny real estate conference that we can sponsor for a thousand dollars and have a little booth. And, and we did that. And so it was just really a lot of experimentation at the beginning. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think a lot of people, you know, including myself, feel like you build a product and you, then you share it and you know, it all works out, but distribution is a very important part of the equation. So that's kind of interesting to hear how you thought about it in the early days. So something that I want to dive into is, you know, based on our conversations, Trinual has grown, you know, you know, very quickly, but up to this point, you, you've kind of funded yourself through customer revenue, you know, through the, the best way, the best way to fund yourself. Um, I'm curious, like, what has been your experience like bootstrapping up to this point? And what advice would you have for someone building a company on whether to bootstrap or raise money or just kind of any of your thoughts along those lines? I'd love to know. I think you should bootstrap the company until you can't possibly bootstrap it anymore. And if you get to that point, and you've built something that has customers and has traction, you won't have a problem raising money and digging yourself out of that hole. But if you feel like you're getting closer and closer and closer to where you have $0 left in your bank account, you can't pay your mortgage and you don't have any customers, then you shouldn't look to investors as a way to bail yourself out. You should figure out what you're doing wrong and, and go back to the drawing board. So for me, it was, you know, I I didn't want to try to get investors into the business before I had something of value that I could show them your money is going to help me grow this, not your money is going to help me figure this out. So I wanted to show investors, look, I'm entirely bought into this thing. So like you mentioned, the first year of the business, I funded, you know, initially through the, the consulting revenue I had, but then we shut down all the consulting revenue. And you know, when we're all in on the tool, we're just burning, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month. And so my, my investors were Visa and MasterCard, American Express. I was applying for every credit card I could get. At one point, I was over $300,000 in, in personal debt. Um, you know, I had home equity line of credit. It was like I was maxing out all the credit cards. But the reason I was doing it was every month we were signing up another dozen customers or a couple dozen customers. And especially in SaaS, the value of your business is related to your monthly recurring revenue or your annual recurring revenue. And so if you're gonna get a multiple on your monthly or annual recurring revenue as a valuation, and you can put a dollar into your business at even the highest credit card interest rates, the valuation that you're gonna get uh, increased from that new revenue is much more than the credit card interest that you're going to pay. So for me, the calculation was, I'm just going to max this thing out. I'm going to go as far as I possibly can before I rely on on someone else's money. So I did that until I couldn't do it anymore. Until I I was I, I sold my my Vespa scooter that I had to make payroll. I I had a 
you know, my wife is texting me from the grocery store because all the cards are failing and, and she's not sure what one to use for the groceries. And so that was really for me the time where I said, okay, I need to get some, <laughs> I need to get some capital into this thing. So a year into the business, we did a convertible note round. And so for anyone that's listening that hasn't done that, a convertible note just means it's a it's a debt security that can convert into equity at a future time. And you can do that either over a couple of years, you can do it triggered based on certain milestones. And it was a great way to get some capital into the business um, without having to get too in the weeds with funding at that time. Yeah, that's great advice and advice I think everyone should take. Um, so you're building this this rocket ship in the great state of, of Arizona and the great city of, of Phoenix. I'd love to hear um, what how has been what has your experience been like building this in uh, in Phoenix? And do you think it, it's helped your growth? Has it stifled your growth? Has it been a little bit of both? I'd love to hear what it's like building such a such a fast growing company in 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 the city. It's been absolutely amazing. So I, I grew up in Boston. I'm from Massachusetts. And uh, Boston being a big tech hub, big city, I went to school there, went to college there. And I ended up in Arizona after school because I was growing my video production company out west. So when I landed here in Arizona 10 years ago, I recognized immediately that, that it still felt like, you know, the, the final frontier. You know, there's, there's so much opportunity out here. And the connections, the the people, how quickly they make themselves available to you is so different than in the big cities. You know, in the big cities, it's almost like you've got to know someone. You've got to you've got to um, have some connections to get those meetings. And here, I found everyone to be really accessible. So as I was starting to build Trainual, um, you know, there there were groups like the Startup Arizona. Uh, collective and the Startup AZ Foundation and Yes PHX and and you know events that are held at Galvanize and Cahoots and and there were so many opportunities to get in front of other entrepreneurs and people that are way ahead of where I was at the time and I think that that was a huge asset in building Trainual. So for me, being able to see people that are a year, two years, or ten years ahead of me and replicate what they've done is just a shortcut. To your own success. And so if you live in a place like Phoenix, where that sort of experience is more accessible, then it's a fast track to growth. And uh, it's been a great community. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. So a couple more, a couple more questions for you. I'd love to learn a little bit more about, you know, you as a founder, what you spend your time thinking about in regards to problems in the world or just industries that, that interest you. Um, you know, when you look at technology, you look at the landscape, what are the things that you spend your time thinking about or problems that you think that you'd like to get solved or companies that are solving them? Just love to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, the first thing I think about is what what is the job to be done for the customer? When I, when I was in college, I interned at this management consulting firm um, called Innosite. And they were behind the book, The Innovator's Dilemma, The Innovator's Solution, which is where the idea of disruptive innovation came out of. And so that was kind of baked into my subconscious. And so now in the consulting work I did, and now in running Trainual, 
I'm always thinking about what, what does the customer actually need? And I think there's, you know, when you think of tech and you think of opportunity, it's easy for your mind to go to the, the futuristic, coolest, you know, blockchain and augmented reality and AI. And these are all the things that, that are, sound exciting. But for the majority of the population, they're stuck with pretty simple problems. And so, you know, I, I spend, I'd say most of my time thinking about how do we simplify our solution to make the widest impact rather than how do we complicate our solution with the cutting edge, you know, uh, front, the bleeding tech sort of, sort of thing. So I love talking to customers. I love being involved with product development with our you know UX and product and, and dev team. Um, I spend a lot of time there and and I just spend a lot of time thinking about you know how, how do I get this message out to to help systematize and improve your business absolutely so as you have grown trainable and, and kind of gone full time on it, I'm sure you've learned a ton, um, especially about your customers and about, about the market, about yourself. What have been some of the biggest learnings that you've had since you started working on Trainual? The biggest thing is to embrace marketing. I always thought in my last business and in my consulting business that I wasn't the marketer. You know, I wasn't the creative guy that was out making ads. Um, I saw marketing and sales as kind of like a, a you know, a less authentic thing. I liked the word of mouth traction that I was getting from from referrals with the events that we videotaped and then the consulting work I got. And it wasn't until uh, the year before launching Trainual that I really started to appreciate. Uh, marketing. So I owned it and decided I need to become a marketer because if if my own community, my own circles trust me enough to refer me to their friends, then I'm doing something that's valuable. And I need to be comfortable with that. And I need to share that in a broader scale so that I can get more business and, and you know, really, really grow this company. So going into Trainual, I mentioned we started with a lot of those grassroots efforts, but what's really uh, impacted us is our ability to to do paid digital advertising and to connect with the customer about the problem that they have and then tee up Trainual as a really great solution to that problem and then supplement it with the testimonials and the proof points of how it actually works and it's been that mix that's really helped us take off. All right. Yeah, that, that's that, those are some great thoughts on distribution. Um, now, I, I'm curious to hear your vision for, for Trainable and where you see it going, let's say in a decade. In a decade, paint a picture for us about what, what Trainable's impact is on the world and, and what it looks like. Right now, if you asked 10 people if they have a operations manual, an instruction manual for their business, one out of 10 might say yes. But the majority of people don't have one because they don't have the time to put into it. They don't have the expertise to create it or they don't have the urgency to make them do it right now until someone puts in their notice and they need to recapture that knowledge. Um, so 10 years from now, I think it'll be flipped. I think everyone will have an instruction manual, an operations manual, a training manual for their business because there'll be no excuse not to. We're trying to build tools to make you go from creating your manual, sitting down, putting the hard work into it, to more tools that will collect the knowledge in your business, to prompt your people to put in what they know, to watch what they do and turn it into natural language. 
And that's what really excites me because if the manual starts to build itself based on the, the knowledge transfer that's already happening in your business, then there would be no excuse for everyone to not, not have one. So, um, so I think that's how it'll flip. All right. That's a future I want to be a part of. So the final, final question before we get to how people can, can get in touch with you and learn about Trainual um, is, you know, you've built multiple businesses now and right now you're, you're on one um, that's doing very well. And there's a lot of people listening to this episode who have an idea, they want to get started, not sure the best way to get started. What advice would you have for someone listening who wants to get started, but doesn't necessarily know the, the best first step? So I would say if, if they have an idea and they're not sure how to get started, then the best way to get started is to get your first customer. So even if you're doing it for free, I remember with my video production company, I showed up and recorded the first event for free just on spec and offered to give the copy to the school that was hosting the event. And out of it, we got a couple sales. And that was the snowball that led to that business growing into doing events in all 50 states. You know, with Trainual, it was a tiny little prototype that I introduced to a few consulting clients. And when I saw that they were actually using it and getting success from it, I could use that success to show other people, hey, this thing actually works. And so if you're just getting started, success is the best currency that you can have, more so than people paying. You know, you want people succeeding. And that's what I'd say. If you don't have an idea and you you just know you want to be entrepreneurial but don't know how to start, I would just ask everyone you know, you know, what what can you do better than everyone else? What if if you could help them, what role would they want you to have in their company? And just figure out what your unique ability is and then build some service around that. I think it's easier to create a service out of the gates than a product. And then you can always productize or package up the service that you've perfected, but start by delivering value. All right, that's awesome advice, and uh, and thank you so much for for coming on to come on coming on to the show. If someone wants to get in touch with you or they want to learn more about Trainual, where can they find Trainual or you online? So just go to trainual.com. That's trainual.com. And if you go to trainual.com backslash checklist, we actually have a few hundred different areas of your business that you might start to think about documenting, which is a really useful tool for growing companies. If you want to connect with me, it's just at Chris Ronzio, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, all, the, all the, the platforms. I just signed up for TikTok, which is kind of weird, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, so yeah, I'd love to connect. All right. Uh, so go and connect and learn more about Trainual if you're listening. Chris, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really learned a lot and I think everyone listening did too. Thanks, Matt.